in, in your hands, you have a, a self quiz, which is going to be crucial for you right now. And it deals with the blessing in uh, did you receive it? And we ask you the question, did you receive it? The blessing is explained, and let's start, look at Hebrews 11 and 20, 21. Hebrews 11, 20, and 21. Listen to these words, please. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, his two sons, in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Again, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. And, and at first glance, you're wondering, if you, if you know your Bible, if you're familiar with Hebrews at all, if you're familiar with this august chapter, this spectacular chapter, Faith Hall of Fame, some people were inducted uh, yesterday, I think, into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But, but, but this is the Hall of Fame, the mighty one, the warriors, the, the outstanding believers, the people who are God's. Mighty strike force. Abraham, who, who by faith had a son at, at, at 99, really, you know, sired a son at 99. And, you know, he got a word from the Lord and he went, to, he went to Sarah that night. He said, Sarah, tonight you're sleeping in my tent. I got a word from the Lord. Without Viagra at 99. Abraham was a stud. He's a stud, okay? And so, and so by faith, he said, he said, sleep in my tent tonight. I got a word. If your husband goes home and says, baby, I got a word, you know. <laughs> hey, that's faith. 99? Some young men at 19 are trying to take supplements. This is the truth. At 19, Abraham said, I don't need no Viagra. <laughs> I got a word. All you need is a word. So he received the word and he had a baby at 100, was born at 100. And then he left his family and embarked upon this journey with God and, and, and kings worshipped him and bowed down to him. Everything God promised him came to pass. And Isaac uh, followed in his footsteps and Jacob and, and, and every promise God made to Jacob by faith. And, and it talks about Rahab and David and Samson and, and Samuel and all these mighty, mighty, mighty Deborah, all these mighty people, these super warriors, super Christians, super duper believers. And in the midst of that, it, it mentions Isaac and Jacob in this context. And I'm like, huh? I, 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 just, I just read about, you know, somebody stopping the mouths of lions and then, and Isaac blessed his sons. <laughs> Is that in the Bible? It, 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 talks about, it talks about bringing nations to their knees. Moses brought the world power to, his, to its knees. And then in the same company, it says, and, and, and Jacob blessed his grandsons. Like, what, what? Why? What is that doing here? 
This must be a misprint. Somebody sneak that in there. It's not supposed to be there. But oh, yes, it is. Because to God, when you bless your children, when you bless your grandchildren, when you bless those that God has put into your life sovereignly and on assignment, God says, you are a mighty person of faith. God says, I see faith in you. God says, you just worked a miracle. God said, you did something supremely, sublimely prophetic. And you deserve to be in the same company as David and Samson and Noah and Rahab and Joshua and Moses. You're a mighty warrior. You're a person of faith. You're a person where God's glory is manifesting in a superb way. So what is it? that qualifies them to be in chapter 11 of all chapters. Chapter 11 of Hebrews. I want to explain. Because it says they blessed. Say blessed. blessed. They, they, all they did was bless. But God said that's significant. And God ordered them to be in this chapter. So what is it about the blessing that is so that's such a feat of, of great faith. What is it? Well, we understand that parental approval is absolutely essential, please listen, for any of us in this room to experience healthy, healthy present and future relationships. And I know some people who have been married 50, 60, 70 years, and I, I thank God for the longevity, I thank God for their faithfulness, but I would never want their marriage. Amen. Never. I thank God they're still together. I thank God, you know, they have not left each other and they have not done the D word like my parents did. I hate divorce like God hates divorce. I hate it. I hate it. And because I experienced divorce when I was 12, I, it, it has motivated me and fueled me and propelled me into major marriage ministry wherever we go. Because I will fight for anybody's marriage. I will stay up all night. You can ask my wife, I'll stay up all night with people to fight for their marriage. Ten hours we spent in Dallas with an apostle and a spouse fighting for their marriage. I walked into a trap. But the Lord sent me into the trap because I hate divorce because God does. Love divorced people. Hello. Love divorced people. Hate divorce. There's a big difference for me. Many things happen in a marriage. You can't be married to yourself. Right? It's not your fault what somebody else does. It's not. Hey, that's healing to somebody here today. It was not your fault. It wasn't your fault. You can't make somebody want to be married. Some people get into it and they say, I didn't sign up for this. Oh my God, I made a mistake. So it can happen. But God's grace is sufficient. Amen? But to experience healthy present and future relationships, you need the blessing. In the absence of the family's blessing, a person embarks upon a lifelong search for it, and most people, unfortunately, never find it. Without receiving the blessing, 
You may be physically gone from your home where your parents live, but not emotionally. And, and we, we've got a problem with, with, with many young men today who have not received the blessing and, 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 and they're getting married. But the problem is, is that, is that many parts of their life is not grown up yet. Because they didn't receive the blessing, so there's a, there's a maturity. You know, they may have muscles, and they may have been pumping iron, and they may have been taking a lot of protein shakes, and they may bulk up, but on the inside, they're still a little boy. Amen. And you can see them acting out that little boy tendencies. And I, 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 I tell young ladies now, you're not just picking a husband anymore. You're picking a father Amen. for your children. Wow. You better think it through. Is this guy going to be a good father Amen. not does he make me happy and does he meet my need and does he fulfill me no what kind of father is he going to be what kind of daddy will he be a daddy to your children or is he so selfish and self-centered and so immature and you know he is how can a little boy father I love my preaching help. I love coming here because I have, I have the best amen corner in the world at Church on the Rocks in Texarkana. Now, check this out. When, when two people get married on the, on the wedding day, four people get married. Let me explain. This is critical. The groom gets married and the bride. But unbeknownst to them, two other individuals are there. There is the groom and the little boy in him that never grew up. There is the bride and the little girl in her that never grew up. And all four bring their bags, I mean, I mean luggage, um, into the marriage. All four bring their baggage. Don't know they brought it. They're about to find out. They don't know they brought it. To be honest with you, I now really... I'm a believer in at least two years of premarital counseling, at least two years, because it takes that long to unpack the baggage. A person has a right to know now who they're marrying. You better know. You better do a TRW report. You better do transunion. You better do everybody. You better get a, you get a background. I'm serious, because, because you have a right to know who you're marrying. You telling me you love me, love's not enough. Love's not enough. Love is all you need. No. No. You need a good pastor. You need accountability. You need a good support group. Every couple, now all research says every couple that's flourishing now, they all have couple coaches. We need, we need a neutral party to call an ace and ace and a spade and spade. Why am I saying that somebody here needs to hear this? Hallelujah. Not in my notes at all. So you've got those two little kids right in the bed, bedroom with you, and they say the six people are in the marriage bed, the, the, the groom, his mom, and his daddy, the bride, her mom, and her dad. That's too many people in the bed. That's way too many. <laughs> Throw four of them out. But it takes a while to, to even identify their presence and to throw them out. It takes a while. It doesn't happen instantly. So you can be gone physically from the house that you were raised in, your parents, that family setting, but not be gone emotionally. That's why God stresses, husbands, 
<laughs> leave your father and your mother not only physically but emotionally cut that umbilical cord where you can't run back to your mama and get your needs met when she's not nice to me mama now we don't admit it but it's real every human being needs to feel genuine acceptance some revert to workaholism if they don't get it some revert to withdrawal if they don't get it you know some people who claim they're shy they're not shy they just didn't receive the blessing. See, they just withdrawn, that's all. And so the personality that is manifesting is not even their true personality. Because they will experience their true personality when they receive the blessing. So right now, they're hiding and withdrawing, and you know, it's like, you know, don't come near me, isolated themselves. That's not the real them, that's a false them. The real them will emerge when they receive the blessing. But if we don't get it, we search for it all our lives. People struggle with lasting relationships and genuine intimacy as a result of a lack of personal acceptance. Again, I've seen people married 50 years and I'm like, they don't even talk to each other. In the morning, where are my grits? I mean, this one man had the nerve after being married 25 years. His wife said, honey, you don't tell me you love me anymore. He said, he said excuse me, I told you 25 years ago and when I change my mind, you'll be the first one to know. <laughs> Pastor Linnell says she still wants to hear it. Amen. That was somebody else? Somebody back there? I thought I heard your voice. That was you? That was you? Hi. Thank you. Pastor, I'm giving Pastor Linnell credit, but it was really you. Thank you. Somebody in that area, you know. This withdrawal can be so severe as a result of not receiving the blessing that some people even slide into chronic depression and some people have even committed suicide because the feeling of acceptance was never, never given and it never took root in their lives. Esau in the Bible, we have Genesis 27, 34 right here. Um, you know, Esau heard the words and he burst out. This was the older brother of Jacob, right? He, but then Jacob stole his blessing and he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, me too, father. They understood the power of the blessing. They knew it would it meant life and death. It meant prosperity and curse. They knew it and they said, I need the blessing. Hebrews 12 laments his life and how, how bad it was in his life that, that even though it says in verse 17, he sought for it, he wanted to inherit it, he sought for it, but he never received it. He was in tears throughout his life because he didn't receive the blessing. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Because when Jesus comes into our lives, he gives us the potential to receive the blessing. So Esau never recovered. Never. So what's the solution to this? The Jews, again, have always known the power of the blessing in an individual's life. That's why when you meet a Jew and you depart from a Jew, what do they say to you? Shalom. They, they get it. They get it. They meet you that way. They leave you that way. They want to bless you. They understand. They understand the power of the word shalom, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Nothing needing repair. 
Everything is whole. Everything is blessed. Everything is full. Do you know what biblical prosperity is? It's not, you know, a pie in the sky. It's not you got to drive a particular kind of car. Biblical prosperity says, I have enough for me and enough to share. Three of you said amen. Because some of you want that new car. But it's all right. God has no problem with you having a new car. But understand that that's not necessarily prosperity. That's just a car note. Now, if somebody gives you a BMW, that's prosperity. A car note, mm -mm. that's just a car note. That's money you don't have to give the missions every month. Did he say that? Hmm. That's some of the money supposed to go to Haiti to build that church. Ooh. You don't get me in trouble. All right, so <laughs> God even went so far as to command the Jewish leaders that every time they gathered for worship, every time, every Sabbath, when they gathered for worship, that they were to bless the people. Let's, let's listen to the blessing. I learned this as a child in the Church of God in Christ. In the youth department, we had to, we had to quote this every single week. I didn't know what I was saying. Now I get it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, which is in the Hebrew, shalom. Understand this. Understand this. God said, every time my people come to church, priests, leaders, pastors, apostles, prophets, tell them I'm blessing them. Tell them 